You're about to listen to episode 59 of Women Who Kill. Hey, if you're liking the show so far, don't forget to stop by Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes. Leave a rating, leave a review. It helps a lot, helps new people find the show. The more people find the show, the longer I can keep doing this. And as y'all know, this is all I have right now. This is all we have. I don't know if real life will ever be a thing again. I hope it will. If not, then uh, it's up to you. Also, I've got a couple shows coming up, I guess, if you want to call them shows. Virtual, Zoom, comedy, events. Uh, And if you want to know about those, follow me on Instagram and or Twitter at KaiChoice, K-A-I-C-H-O-Y-C-E. They're they're interesting. The last couple ones that uh, I've had, had some, some crashers, some Zoom bombers. One guy masturbating. I missed that. I had my screen minimized and in gallery view, so there's a tip for you there. He was on the second or third page. I did not see the penis. People told me about it. And that show ended up moving on over to Instagram Live after that. So you never know what you'll get. Come on out. Experience the wild, wild west. That is virtual stand-up comedy, a.k.a. sit-down comedy. Our guest today, very funny. Actress, writer, producer. You probably know her best as the broody lesbian vampire, Carmilla. She also wrote and produced Clairvoyant. Natasha Negovanlis. Oh, hi. How are you? All the way from Canada, by the way. All the way. Way, way up north. No. So far. Just on the other side of Buffalo. Yeah, before climate change, I could sometimes make out Buffalo on the other side of my lake, but uh, it's too... Your yeah, lake? it's mine. Do you it's, I'm, I'm lake? the queen of Canada. Didn't you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's my, it's my lake. No, uh, on, on good old Lake Ontario, but now it's, it's too smoggy. We can't see Buffalo anymore. That's so sad. I, I mean, there's probably, there's not much to see there. No offense if you're from Buffalo. That was offensive, though. There's, it's, it's, tra- it's just a pile of garbage. It's, you know what? I heard that downtown sure Buffalo sure is pretty, uh, pretty bumping. Pre-pandemic, yeah. apparently it was a nice place for a weekend getaway. Who, who would have thunk? I'm sure that's correct. How's, uh, how is quarantine treating you? I'm, I mean, I don't want to boast, but um, things are things are all right in in yeah. Canada land over here. Yeah, we're doing pretty well. Our numbers are pretty uh, pretty low, so I'm hanging in okay. there. You know, it's it's an emotional roller coaster. Some days it's all about making banana bread, and some days it's all about sighing into a bottle of gin. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's a bottle of gin. What's your favorite gin? Is it Hendrix? What oh, you're it? fancy. That's so fancy. Hendrix is delicious, but I love me some Dillon's. Uh, it's a small distillery just outside of Toronto. Oh, Honestly, okay. they fancy. should sponsor me and this podcast now. They should. Mm-hmm. We'll see if we can make that happen. Tag them. We'll tag them on Instagram. So we're going to be talking about Rita Glusman or Glusman, depending on how you pronounce it, if you want to pronounce it correctly or not. But we were going to talk about uh, someone else. Didn't happen for two reasons. One, ah, it's already been done. But also, there's a murder that we've talked about on the show that you would describe as close to home. 
Yeah, extremely close to home. Um, but also, it's like a very controversial topic as a Canadian. Uh-huh. Carla Homolka. Yeah. Uh, who is no longer in prison anymore. But um, yes, there was much con- controversy as to whether or not Paul Bernardo, uh, you know, really forced her to do the things that she did or whether mm-hmm. or not she wanted to. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. They were from Toronto and Canadians are quite sensitive about it. So much so that there was a movie with Laura Preppen where uh, she played Carla Hamulka and like it was not allowed to be screened in Canada ever. She, she doesn't really look like her, though. Did they feather her hair up and dye it? They must have. Yeah, I think they, it was when she was in, in her blonde days. Okay. Blonde days, but yeah, it was very, it was a very sensitive topic. Cause I don't know, you know, we don't, uh, we don't have too many wild and crazy uh, stories. We're just really good at sweeping everything totally under the rug and not sensationalizing it. Actually, uh-huh. there, I mean, there's a lot of terrible murder that happens in Canada. Um, well, also, doesn't Canada allow murderers to change their identity once they get out of jail? That happened to yeah, Carla Hamalka did that. Which yeah. is very weird. Yeah, so, but uh, Paul Bernardo's parents still lived on the same, like, street that he grew up in and where uh-huh. a lot of the things happened. And it was quite close to where my folks live now, so. Very close to home. I was like, I don't know. Because when you asked me who I wanted to do, I was like, this is the only lady murderer I can think of. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm so thrilled. To, <laughs> thrilled, that's a great word. I'm so thrilled to learn about a new lady murderer. <laughs> Thank you. Uh-huh. No, I actually love the concept of this podcast because uh, so often it, they're always centered around men. And I, I used to really be interested in true crime podcasts uh-huh. and, and stories and documentaries. But then I really started uh, feeling icky about it. Like I started thinking about it more. And I was always like, hi, these teenage women were someone's daughter. And I just it felt weird. And the way we mm-hmm. sensationalize like male ser- serial killers so I'm like, yeah, you know what? Let's sensationalize <laughs> some lady killers. I love it. Yeah, exactly. Now, Canada, didn't you guys also have, by the way, uh, digress just a tiny bit, but you guys also had that guy who, who cut off that guy's head on the Greyhound, right? Mm, yeah. Was that yours too? <laughs> that, that was ours, yes. Okay. Yes, yes. That guy also oh, is, is just living living free under a new identity. So, I mean, you guys got healthcare, but we, we don't, we, we make murderers keep their identities. So I guess it's a trade-off of where you, yeah. where you feel more safe. Yeah. Our, and you know, unfortunately there's also, there are also a lot of murderers that I think just don't get sensationalized here. Um, uh-huh. you know, yeah, fun stuff. Just really light and frothy conversations. I yeah. love this. So Rita Glesman was born Rita Shapiro, 1948, in Soviet Ukraine. I could not find an actual birth date for her. Were you able to? How mysterious. I was not either. Now, 1948, she was born... In the Ukraine, I couldn't find anything about her childhood other than she did not come from money. Uh, I don't think many people did come from money in the Ukraine in 1948. No, particularly Jewish people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So she was. So, yeah, her 
and I guess her, her family, they were not super well off. It was a diff- I mean, an incredibly difficult time. All right, because it was, it was illegal to, to be Jewish, basically. Mm-hmm. And you weren't allowed to leave as yeah. well, yeah. the country, if you were Jewish. Mm-hmm. So she got married in, what year did she get married? She married a guy named Yaakov in 1969. Right. So in the how Ukraine. Old was she? 23 years old. Which, for that time, not too wild. I feel like that's old. <laughs> yeah. 1948. She's an old maid. She's 23, getting married for the first time. 1969. Well, that's an average age, I suppose. She wanted to move to Israel. Yes. I think both her and her husband wanted to move to Israel, but the Soviet government wouldn't allow them to emigrate. It was really difficult to leave the Soviet Union at that time, particularly if you were Jewish, but also her husband was this very renowned scientist. So Soviet authorities were like, no, you got to stay here. We need your brains to help us with our Soviet agenda. So they couldn't leave. So... In 1971, two years after they got married, she launched this massive campaign to allow her husband to emigrate with her to Israel. And at this time, I believe uh, she was in the States. Yeah, she had gone to Israel first and then ended up in the States somehow. It was supposed to be a temporary relocation. Well, her dad had applied for a permit. 15 years prior Mm. to when her and her parents and I believe her brother were allowed to to leave finally. So I believe that's why the husband wasn't included because he wasn't on the initial permit because they weren't weren't married when that application was first submitted. Yeah. And she actually had her visa sponsored by a congressman mm-hmm. and everything. And, and she was some sort of scientist herself as well. She was a chemical engineer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she did, she was trying to change her stars and she did have a, an education. But while she was uh, trying to, I guess, appeal to get her husband to, to join her, she reportedly went on an 18-day hunger strike. Yeah. She did a lot of speaking engagements. She was a she ended up becoming a very well-known activist mm-hmm. for the cause because she was a she was really good at public speaking. She was really engaging, uh very smart, but also very pretty. I, I feel like I, I couldn't find an article they didn't mention how pretty she was. Yes, she was very beautiful. Um and then later, of course, you see the scowling photos of her. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, she I mean, this is like some classic narcissistic qualities, I guess, is that, uh, you know, she was just very engaging and very charming. Uh-huh. Although I can't imagine like I get hangry if I don't eat for eight hours, let alone 18, <laughs> uh-huh. 18 hours, let alone 18 days. I think she was cheating. Do you? I think it's like no one's going to see me eat. You know, are you allowed to, how do hunger strikes work? Are you allowed to have like a juice box every now and again? Right. Is it, is it like intermittent fasting? Do you get to have breakfast and and you just don't eat for the rest of the day? No, you can't have breakfast. That's no. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just water. 
with like just sugar water. in it or something. Yeah. So she goes on this hunger strike uh, to generate interest in her case about getting her husband to to join her. So she's really fighting for her man. Uh-huh. Fighting for this guy, Yakov. They're young loves. They're, they're young lovers. Lovers in a dangerous time. These, these two sexy nerds together. So eventually, his visa gets approved because a congressman who saw her speak in Atlanta happened to be having a meeting with some communist leaders in Ukraine and was like, oh, this, this woman from Atlanta. Uh, I don't know what the hell he said about her, but I guess he was really taken by her speech and uh, thought that she was an American. And so like really went to bat for her. She also reportedly was able to persuade other uh, powerful men to petition for her, including the Canadian prime minister at the time, Trudeau. Oh, interesting. Original Trudeau. Yeah. Wait, was is was that the current Trudeau's dad? Sure was, yeah. Are you fucking with me? No. <laughs> was it really? Yeah. That's weird. Is that a... Yeah. Ah, okay. Do they just pass down the prime ministry like a, like a crown there? Well, y'all have the Bushes <laughs> and the Kennedys. I guess it's the closest <laughs> we've got to that. Okay. Um, was he hot too? Apparently he was. Okay. Yeah, apparently he also may have reportedly been a quite a lady killer. <laughs> Appropriate for this podcast. Okay. Uh, so anyway, shamefully, as a Canadian, I must say that, yeah, even he petitioned for her cause. Mm-hmm. So, husband finally gets his visa, moves to the States to be with Rita. They have a baby. When did they have this baby, by the way? She was pregnant when she was able to leave the Ukraine. Okay. And Yakov was like, cool, 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 meet you there later. But then the Soviet government was like, nah, you can't leave. Mm -hmm. So she was pregnant when she left. And okay. that's all the more reason why. She, wasn't, she was pregnant when she left. I think she had the baby before the hunger strike, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I also hope so. Maybe it was she was going for a two for one. She's like, maybe. <laughs> maybe Extra I don't want this baby. <laughs> 1973. They were united. They lived in Israel. Then they moved to the States. And then Yaakov got his dream job. Yeah, so Yakov was a really um, accomplished scientist. I think he contributed to cancer research. He was really well known. He co-owned this company called ECI Technologies mm -hmm. that he actually bought for Rita uh, for her to run. But apparently she was a really terrible business person and just kind of ran the company into the ground and was spending way too much money. They also were playing the stock market at the time. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So it was like before the crash, things are going well, things are going well. It's the 80s. They have this happy marriage for like over 20 years. They're living it up. He's making uh, $180,000 a year 
which is, that's a lot of money in uh, 1989. That's a lot of money today. So. Absolutely. Yeah. They have two houses. They had a house in New Jersey. Where is, uh, where's Rockland? Rockland County. Yeah. I believe that's it's, where their, their other it's house It's in New York. Was. Yeah. Suburbs. Near okay. the Hudson River. Uh-huh. Uh, all I know about the Hudson River is that on Law & Order, there's always bodies there. Maybe in relation. Yeah. I don't know. There's, there are always bodies in the river. So they've got the kid, Elon. They're living, they're living it up. Well, Rita is living it up. Because uh, Yakov doesn't like to spend money, even though he makes a lot of money. But apparently Yakov also was living it up because he was having an affair with a woman who we met through work who was living in Israel. But I guess there were photos because Rita spent a lot of money on private investigators. Oh, that's true. Yeah. She, she mm -hmm. had people follow him to Israel to take pictures and tap his phones. Yes. He, so he was having an affair, and then he ultimately left Rita or filed for divorce so that he could be with this younger scientist mm -hmm. lady, this hot scientist lady. And but also, I think that the affair was a symptom of the marriage and not the reason why the marriage broke up. I think they started having problems with their marriage because... Rita was terrible with finances, was running the business into the ground, would always borrow money from him to try to fix the business, but then it it wouldn't work. She was spending like $11,000 a month on a regular basis just on things. What? Uh, on, on clothes and shoes. Uh, she, she said she her budget for uh, pet care was like $200 a month. <laughs> Uh, she was spending a thousand dollars. I mean, month that on I understand. <laughs> the two hundred dollars a month on pet care, that I that I understand. I mean, she was probably getting I her work, dog massages. I work hard just so my dog is well dressed and well fed. You know, <laughs> well dressed. Just working, working towards that uh, that backyard for my dog. Uh huh. Uh, so that I get. I'm not going to judge the lady for her pet care. But the other also, eleven thousand dollars. Sure. But also, you know what? I get it. I mean, she grew up super poor. Yeah. I remember, I mean, I, I have no money anymore. But I remember the first time I got like a paycheck that was relatively decent for an acting job. Uh-huh. I mean, didn't didn't quite, you know, do the responsible thing. I could have could have paid off some student debt, but I definitely also uh, you know, took my mom to the south of France. <laughs> you uh -huh. know? Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah. I get it. I get where she's coming from. I'm not I'm not condoning her. But that was also your money. That's true. That's true. But she I mean, she ran the company. She got her education. She did. She got an education. If only she had a job or a business that required the skills she learned with her fancy education. She did not. Uh, I think I don't think it was a decision they made together what kind of business to buy. I think he was like, This sounds lucrative. I'm gonna do it. You wanna run it? And she was like, sure. Do we know that? Maybe no, she was I'm, like, I'm completely, I I'm, just I'm want to be, I just want to be a chemist. <laughs> and he's like, no, run this company. Maybe. We don't know. Maybe. Look, I'm not condoning her behavior, but I do find it interesting that like all the news articles you find about her really focus on how much she spent. Yes. And I just find it like, it, it just really fits the narrative of like, 
spoiled little housewife. Yeah. A woman scorned is what a lot of articles were saying. Uh Now, it is alleged that she was also uh, abusive. Mm hmm. Mentally and emotionally and verbally, apparently. Mm hmm. Quite, quite abusive. Which, who knows if that is true? It is believable. It's made more believable by what ends up happening, which you guys already know what ends up happening. You know what the show's about. She kills him. But how is crazy? We'll get to that. We'll get to that in a little bit. Now. Yeah, she was allegedly abusive. Um, towards him but that and that that was part of why Yakov was wanting to to get a divorce to <laughs> and, and leave and he, the country <laughs> yeah and he he fueled he fueled that as well but also who knows because so many times uh when there was a time period when men wanted to leave their wives they would claim that they were hysterical or had hysteria. True. And they would put their wives in mental institutions uh, in order to be able to divorce them because divorce was frowned upon mm-hmm. in certain time periods. So, wow, I'm really going to bat for Rita here. <laughs> Everyone's going to be... <laughs> well, but also, if uh, if you say, I want a divorce because I'm in love with someone else, you're going to be granted a divorce, but you're also going to have to... You're going to have to pay. Oh, yeah. He gave her $90,000, apparently, mm-hmm. and she went through that in a month. Yeah. And I think largely it was her paying for these private investigators to, to, to I don't know why, because it's like if they were already getting divorced, I don't know if it was just to torture herself or if it was to get more money out of him, mm-hmm. but she was uh, tapping his phones and trying to to blackmail him and then she ended up having to give up control of of the computer company that she was running yeah well i don't know how how divorce works because i've never had one i don't know how it works exactly so i don't know if if the divorce is proven to be more your fault you're gonna lose more assets in the deal than if it's proven to be the other person's fault so possibly I feel like he was trying to prove it was her fault because she was reckless with money and abusive and she was trying to prove it was his fault because of the cheating. But, I mean, how do you conclusively prove cheating? It takes two, baby. (laughs) So, So that happened. Now, she was concerned that she would lose everything in the divorce because the company was in both of their names. Uh, well, actually, it was it was in his name, but he let her run it. So if he got the company in the divorce, she would have absolutely nothing. That's why I think divorce showers need to be popularized. True. Yeah. yeah. Because what's the deal with wedding showers? You already have love. Isn't that a gift enough? Why do I need to give you a toaster? Uh-huh. Uh, I would hope that if I ever get married, which would only be for tax, life insurance, and or green card purposes, um, because fuck the patriarchal institution of marriage. Uh-huh. Um, no, I mean, get married if you want. So great. I probably will get married. Watch, I'm going to get married like in two months and then everyone's going to be like, what a hypocrite. Two months? Um, who knows? I just made that up. I just said that. Who knows? Well, now it's... Um, Jinxed yourself, yeah. If I were to get married, I would hope that, like, I already have a house set up. You know what I mean? But when you get divorced, yeah, you you lose either everything or at least half your stuff. Yeah. So if only divorce showers had been a thing, maybe this would have been okay. They would have been like, 
cool. You get this lavish dog bed and you get the blender. <laughs> now, Rita had a cousin and her cousin's name was Vladimir. Vladimir Zelenin. Zelenin? Vladimir Zelenin. Are you sure you're not Russian? I'm not. I know my name, Natasha. It's confusing. I swear, I'm not. Maybe you're like a sleeper, a sleeper agent. My passport photo is beautiful, humble brag, uh, but it does, it does make me look, look like a Russian <laughs> slightly. Uh, yeah, I definitely, it's got a little Femme Nikita thing going on, so, uh-huh. and it's confusing because my name is Natasha. Uh-huh. No, I'm not Russian. I'm not. I am half Macedonian, though, so I know about these, uh, these... These murderous Eastern European folk. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, so Vladimir was Rita's cousin who she got a job at the company that she ran. The only reason he was even in the States was because of this job. It's the only way he was able to, uh, to get a visa. Now, side note, Vladimir left behind in Russia a wife who was murdered he, quote, was not a suspect. I don't know if that means anything in Russia. But then he immediately left. How strange. Didn't he also have a family in the States, though, as well? Uh, I'm not sure. Not sure. I think I read something that he, w- he was married and had a, okay. a baby okay. as well. So he had a new life. Mm-hmm. Now. He had a stake in this marriage as well. Oh, yeah, he did. Because if he, if Vladimir lost his job, he would have been screwed. He would have had to leave the States. Mm-hmm. And the divorce meant that he was going to lose his job. Right. So Rita hatches a plan. She gets Vladimir to agree to help her kill her husband. I mean, win-win for both of them. <laughs> if, uh, if Yakov's out of the picture. Yeah. So the plan was Rita was going to get a key to Yakov's apartment. Their marriage was, uh, even during the divorce, they made up once in a while. They made up, they broke up, they made up, they broke up. Tumultuous. Yes. During one of their on periods, Rita got a key to Yakov's apartment and made a copy of it. And then when they got in another fight, she gave his key back. He never knew she had a copy of it. Mm. The plan was to sneak into his apartment using the key and just wait for him. Wait for him to get home from work. She drove Vladimir to a, a Home Depot to buy an axe. Keep in mind, he already owned an axe. How many people own axes? But he owned an axe. Uh, she decided they needed two. So she drove him to Home Depot and they, they got another one. I, I read that as well, that he already owned an axe, but then she drove him to Home Depot. And then they drove to another store to get trash bags because I guess, you know, you never want to buy all your murder supplies in the same place. I'm glad to know that because I was going to say, for someone with like a chemistry degree, can you imagine like if you just, I, I, if you just bought everything uh-huh. at the same location? Yeah. Yeah. Rookie mistake. Yeah. Uh, and they knew that Yakov sounds so boring. They knew that he would get home at 1130 because 
he got off work at the same time every night, got home at the same time. I mean, I guess if your mistress lives out of town, you're, you're not going to do much else between work and home. This is a very good tip for anyone who fears that someone might be waiting for them. Yeah. You know, in their home. Like, a good tip to maybe not get murdered is, like, mix up your schedule <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Like, I feel like, yeah, it's easier to not take the same path mm-hmm. every day. Chances of murder lessen if you mix up the times you're home. But also never give anyone a copy of your, your key. Never. You can't trust anyone. Trust no one is, is basically the easiest way to not get murdered. Also that. So, in addition to the two axes, they also got a, a hacksaw. They brought a scalpel and a knife. And, of course, cleaning products. Of course. April 6th, 1994. Three days after my fourth birthday. Aww. Adorable. I probably went bowling. Maybe I was bowling. Was April 6th a Saturday? Who knows? It was... Yes, it was a Saturday. Great. I was bowling and or collecting Easter eggs around my backyard. Wait, did you say you were six? Well, this is happening. No, in 94, I was four. You were, you know how to bowl at four? Listen. Is it a national sport? In, <laughs> is bowling like the official sport of Canada? That's, I thought it was hockey. No. I could ice skate at four too. But the, the rinks would have been thawed by then. I ice skated once in my life and I broke my finger. How does one break their finger ice skating? I fell. But just what, what finger was it also? It was my left middle finger. Were you flipping someone off while <laughs> skating and no. then tumbled? And- no, but it was, it was great because the splint that I got, I had to isolate, isolated my middle finger. So for several months, I just looked like I was always flipping someone off. It was nice. I like that. Yeah, and I didn't have to do any work in school. Oh. I'm left-handed. Yeah, it sucked. So never again. I never went ice skating again. Wait, you're never, left-handed? Never I'm left-handed, yeah. Oh, my God. That's, I got to go. Sorry. This, this podcast is Why? Sorry. Are you left-handed? Hangs up. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. That's cool. It is cool. Dare to be different. Actually. I don't know. Wasn't there a time when, like, lefties were demonized? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, before, well, before I was a kid. I know it was common to force kids to write with their right hand. Yeah, I remember my aunt telling me stories about that. Yeah. How, like, she'd get, like, hit with a ruler. Yeah. Because, I don't know. They Madness. They thought we were, like, demons or something or, like, possessed or, I don't know. Mm. It's the left side of the brain, like, People thought I was Satan a demon brain? growing up, too. Why? Or that I was possessed. <laughs> most of the time. But not because I'm left-handed. What did you do that you know. made people think you were possessed? It was probably mostly the like trying to summon ancient Sumerian gods uh, <laughs> at recess. I don't. I don't know. No, really. No, no, no. <laughs> people always ask though if I was a witch. I don't know what. Like people would be like, "Is your hair naturally that dark? Are you a witch?" And I was like, "Yes, but also yes." <laughs> oh, it is. It looks good. Yeah, I'm it's good. Greek, native, and Irish, okay, okay. but the dark Irish. So, yeah, chances were my hair was going to come out this color. Ah, anyway. Well, yeah, I'm a witch. Where were we? <laughs> so, uh, April, April 6, 1994, Rita and uh, her cousin, they get in Vladimir's car, which is only sort of kind of his car. It's the company car that they let him use. 
they drive to Yakov's apartment, park across the street, sneak into the apartment, wait, and Yakov shows up right at 11.30 in his Nissan Maxima, walks into his apartment, and that is when he's immediately attacked. As soon as he gets in, they're hitting him with axes. Now, do you really need to kill one man with two axes? Rita's cousin hit Yakov first. Yeah. And then Rita has a go at it, and she accidentally nicks Vladimir in his hand. He's bleeding all over the place. Yakov's bleeding all over the place. She doesn't uh, let him stop to take care of it, because they're like, we'll deal with it later. We need to finish taking care of him. Now, for good measure, she also stabs him. She stabs her ex-husband in the chest. They drag him into the bathroom, and then uh, Rita makes the decision that they need to cut him into as many small pieces as possible so that he's hard to identify. Yeah, and also he was a a larger man. They said that, because apparently Vlad said that he was he was too big to get out of the door. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that, that, that was his apparent reasoning uh-huh. for cutting up the body? Well, they ended up cutting him into 65 pieces, which is a lot of pieces. It's many pieces. That's, so, that's like seven pizzas. They cut his fingertips off. Uh, apparently they cut his nose and his, his lips off. Which, oh my gosh, what? Yeah, I mean, normally, I don't know. I don't know how you normally dismember someone. But from what I've heard, normally they just cut the head off. They were like, no, we need to go further than that. If someone finds the head, we don't want them to be able to identify it. It took 10 trash bags to fit all of these uh, Yakov pieces. Ugh. And they took the, two, the 10 trash bags and they loaded up both the Taurus and Yakov's own car. The plan was they were going to drive both cars out to the river, dump the bags off, drive Rita back home, bring Yakov's car back to his work, park it there so it would look like he never left, and then drive Rita's car back to wherever Vladimir initially had it. It seems like so much work. I don't know why they wouldn't just put all the bags in one car. But this ends up taking way more time than they anticipated. They're not done until the next morning. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to note that apparently there was only one neighbor who heard yeah. all this commotion and uh-huh. just thought they were moving furniture. At 3 a.m. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, no one heard anything, allegedly. Fast forward, Easter Sunday. You'd think they would have picked a better date to murder than the Saturday before Easter Sunday. The day before Easter Sunday. But they were Jewish, so maybe they didn't really observe or realize that it was Easter. Yeah. Or maybe a lot of people are not in town. You know, they go visit relatives and whatnot. So, Mm. Oh, maybe that's why no one heard anything. I mean, I'm Greek, so it ain't my Easter. I don't know. Maybe, maybe people were at midnight mass. Is that a, that's a thing, right? Is that a thing? I don't know. Yeah, but not the Orthodoxes as well, which they would know about if they came from the Ukraine mm-hmm. and Russia. Mm-hmm. It's a different Easter. 
It's a different weekend. Oh. I don't know. This is very complicated. Okay. Now, Passaic River, Easter Sunday, this cop named Richard Freeman pulls up and notices a guy standing next to two parked cars, both with the trunks open, unloading bags into the river. Casual. Yeah. Not suspicious at all. Yeah. He walks up to the guy, prepared to cite him for littering. All right? Notices the guy, and the guy is Vladimir. Y'all, the guy is Vladimir. His pants, his shoes are covered in blood. He's got a glove on one hand that's covered in blood. He's got a bandage on the other hand that's covered in blood. Which, by the way, apparently uh, Rita bought $32 worth of bandages at a CVS. Yeah. Uh, Because, like, finally they were getting away and she was like, oh, shit, right, your hand. All right, cool, (laughs) we'll deal with this wound. And bought $32 worth of bandages. I feel like he probably needed stitches. Probably. I want to know what kind of bandages these were, too. Like, that's a, that's a, probably a lot of bandages. Probably just gauze and ace, ace bandage. Mm. Probably the name brand, you know, because it's higher quality, especially if you think it's a, should have went to the hospital. They probably sprung. $32, though. They're like six, like six to eight bucks a box. Wow. Okay. I don't, I don't think the price has changed much over the years, you know? She probably got them enough to, to do a couple changes if need be. Okay. That's nice. That's nice of her. I don't know. Maybe maybe she bought also bought some butterfly band-aids to close the wound. Okay, so they bought the bandages. Next morning, uh cop walks up to Vladimir being hella suspicious, asks him to check. I don't know. Did he ask him? Was he like, hey, do you mind if I check in those bags? And Vladimir was like, sure. Uh, I don't know. I read an article that said that he just straight up was like, did you murder someone? Uh-huh. And Vlad was like, yes. <laughs> so he starts looking in bags. He, he, start, he sees one bag. It's like full of what he said looked like intestines. So at that moment, he decided to, to call someone, hmm. call for some backup right away. Uh, and apparently Vlad just straight up admitted to it. I mean, I guess at that yeah. point. Uh, what are you gonna What are you gonna do? No. What are you gonna do? No. I mean, it's pretty obvious. These aren't like, my. Yes, I, did I was it. holding these for a friend. <laughs> like, what, are you, what are you gonna say? Yakety yak. <laughs> did not come back. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> That's bad. Now, so yeah, they uh, he noticed bags of body parts and a guy covered in blood. Took him in. Oh, also. They still had all the tools, the hacksaw, both axes, the knives, the scalpel, all of his clothes. So they take him in. He's like, yeah, I definitely killed this guy, and this is who the guy is. And uh, apparently Yakov was just science famous. Because they were like, we don't know who you're talking about. You're going to have to tell us more than that. And immediately Vlad said that his cousin, Rita, made him do it. Mm -hmm. But at this point... Rita's nowhere to be found. Nobody knows where she is. Yeah, because while her cousin is doing literally the dirty work, she's dyeing her hair. She drove to the campus where her husband worked, where they used to stay before they bought a house. On the way, she stops. She steals some New York plates off of a parked car. And changes out her New Jersey plates for those New York plates. And then she sneaks into one of the bungalows on campus and just uh, decides to hole up there. Uh, 
By the way, she also had a, a fake passport. She didn't bother getting her cousin a fake passport also. <laughs> like, no. Well, she was planning on leaving even before the murder happened. Uh-huh. Um, so she already had, like, later they found that she had travel brochures. It was very just, you know, very suspicious that that she had obviously been planning to flee even before she committed this murder with her cousin. Mm-hmm. So she's hiding out in this bungalow that she broke into, that she she took a screen off a window and climbed in. And uh, just like in the movies, she's discovered when a cleaning lady comes in. Sees her sleeping there. Wow. That's a very... Sorry, is this in New York or in Jersey? New York. Okay. Suburbs. Suffolk County. North Shore. A cleaning lady comes in. Cleaning lady comes in, and Rita's like, oh, shit. I don't know if she said, oh, shit. She probably did, though. She escapes out of a window, leaving behind her passport, some travel brochures, and then uh, she tries to, uh, she stays on campus, though. She doesn't leave. She tries to blend in. Security guards are looking for her. She tries to blend in in a dining commons. Uh, apparently she immediately stood out because she was wearing loud exercise clothing. She's probably wearing like a velour sweatsuit. This was before the time when all women went out in activewear to do absolutely (laughs) nothing. So Uh in, I mean, it's 1996. So if you're wearing activewear in a dining hall, Uh very, very weird. Especially a dining hall on a, let's say like the Google campus basically. Yeah. I mean, nowadays it's like the only way to detect if someone is a millionaire genius, uh, is if they're in sweatpants. Uh huh. That's the only way, you know, Uh huh. that's what I find. I don't know if this is, I mean, you're the one in LA, but I just find every time I go to LA, it's like the fancier someone's dressed, the poorer they actually are. They maybe live in their car, you know? Yeah. But like the more shabby, shabby chic someone looks. The streetwear. Probably probably a millionaire yeah this was before women just wore activewear out all the time yeah nowadays it's like if you just saw someone in a dining hall grocery shopping having a cigarette i don't know they're probably gonna be in their yoga pants Uh uh-huh but back then this was strange oh yeah i mean uh back in the day only rich people did yoga (laughs) well rich white people and then the the indian people they stole it from some guy picks her out of the crowd and tells a security guard, because he's like, clearly this woman doesn't belong here. There's no women on this campus. Just, I don't know, maybe there were. Probably not many. The local cops didn't know who she was because the news hadn't made it down that far that her husband was missing. But they were going to escort her off campus for trespassing. I also feel like this cleaning person may have also, they must have said something. I mean, it's quite suspicious to be not that the cleaning person knew that Rita was a murderer, uh-huh. but if if you walked in and there was like someone just escaping the room, you'd be like, "Whoa, yeah, trespass." Uh huh. So apparently, the head of security was the only person on campus who actually heard about her husband being murdered, and he happened to be there. When someone in the dining commons reported her for not, quote unquote, not belonging there. And he was like, oh, I know her. It's weird that she's here and her husband's missing. Maybe we should call the cops. 
well, not missing, found, <laughs> founded many pieces. That is when she was taken into custody. But at this point, it was, it was starting to look like it would be really difficult to pin anything on her. Yeah, apparently they did a pretty good job of cleaning up the apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was almost no evidence. And since the only witness who could place her at the scene was also a suspect. Oh, I think he just straight up admitted to the murder. Right. But I guess the law was that charges that are not federal, they couldn't charge her with her husband's murder with no evidence and with the only other witness being a co-conspirator. There would either need to be physical evidence putting her at the scene or a witness who is also not involved in the crime. This is what confused me quite a bit because all they could really do is believe Vlad. Right. Well, what they ended up having to do was indict her on federal charges because with a federal case, apparently no evidence is needed to charge someone. That is wild. Isn't that scary? That is, this is what confused me the most while researching this was, I was like, what is, what is going on? I do not understand. Yeah. Um, very confusing. Uh, it is quite scary because it's like, uh, you know, what if she had not done it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Vlad could have been like, uh, yeah, this lady put me up to it and she was totally there. And they were like, cool, cool, cool. We're going to find a way to, to arrest her. Yeah. And charge her. Yeah. Also, ironically... How they end up charging her is through the Violence Against Women Act right. or the 1994 Domestic Violence Statute. So that was, it was a gender neutral, it was supposed to be a gender neutral law, but like it was mostly designed to protect women from domestic violence. And stalking. And, and Yeah. And then, and so that prevents people from being able to cross a state line right. to cause harm to their partner. So because she crossed uh, New Jersey, New York, they were somehow able to be like, well, you crossed this line, but it's just really ironic that uh, she was a woman. And this was the first time that a woman had been convicted. Right. It was also one of the first times that someone was able to be, someone, period, was able to be convicted under that statute. Which is really unfortunate, and I feel like it's really unfortunate for anyone who is against that statute, uh, because they'd be like, oh, see, white women don't need this. Women are killers. Uh-huh. This uh-huh. is my, this is how I imagine your uh, lawmakers speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, she had, like, the best, the best lawyers around. Uh, I, I noticed one article that tried to get a comment from her son at the time, and uh, her son's lawyer said that he had no comment. I'm like, why does her son have a lawyer? This is weird. Her lawyer was a renowned criminal defense attorney who was most well-known for representing people who were believed to be associated with uh, the mafia. Whoa. Now, the prosecution argued that Vladimir was forced, forced to do it and that he had, uh, he, he had no motivation and was just uh, kind of blackmailed into it by Rita. Her entire motivation was that her husband would divorce her and move away with his girlfriend and then uh, take 
take all of their money, take the business, which true. Vladimir, he got a light sentence and he actually uh, applied for a political asylum in exchange for pinning the whole thing on Rita. He did, yeah. So cousin Vladdy uh, got like just over 22 years mm-hmm. and he left jail in, uh, he was released in 2015. Oh, that's nice. So he's just out and about buying a new axe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he was released in 2015. This is where I'm like, you know, look, I'm not saying that Rita's not dangerous or that she wasn't uh, a bit of a, a, a frightening person who, who didn't uh, do something terrible, but I do find it really interesting that just how women are treated differently uh-huh. than a lot of male killers. Because, you know, Vladdy boy over here still still made the first move mm-hmm. in terms of the actual killing. He was still like, cool, yeah, I'll totally kill someone. Uh, maybe he had killed before, back home, yeah. in the old country. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe they both had. But I'm just saying, like, she gets life. She's still there. This guy, able to get a deal. Even though he wasn't the one with the fancy lawyer. Right. April 30th, 1997 was when Rita was uh, officially convicted and she was sentenced to life without parole. Now, I'm not sure if the the sentence of life was due to the statute that got her convicted. Like, does that statute come with life no matter what if someone is convicted? Or was it life because it resulted in someone dying as opposed to simply traveling across state lines and harming someone without them dying, you know? I don't know. My guess would be because it led to death, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So, yeah, that was known as the Violence Against Women Act. Oh, yeah, Vladimir got 22 and a half years, and he would have gotten 30 years, but his testimony against her gave him eight years off. I just think... It that's sexist. I think they both should have got the same sentence. Yeah, you think she should have? She should have gotten the twenty-two years as well. Or maybe he should have gotten life too. I don't know. I'm just saying, even it out. I mean, they did it together. Well, they did it, it together. Two, baby. But Sorry, full circle. It was yeah. her idea. True, true, true. But I mean, he wouldn't have even been able to do it if she hadn't drove him. To Home Depot, right? <laughs> he already had an axe, though, so just one. he could have. Just, yeah. This is why I'm saying, like, because his job is at stake as well. So who's to say what kind of conversations happen between them? Uh-huh. Who started what? Who planted what idea? That's true. And also, who's to say, like, I think even while she was in court and while she was charged and sentenced, you know, people... People had said, like, they, they didn't really know what actually happened between, between them. But the right. point was, she killed him. That was There's no way dead. to know. The, the only thing that we know for sure is that the apartment was spotless. She didn't have all of these privileges growing up. So True. Yeah. You know. She did some recalling of her, her childhood. It came in Yeah. Handy. Absolutely. I, my, my dad is a custodian, so... My toilet is really spotless to this day because he was uh-huh. very anal about keeping our house clean. So 
I appreciate that. You know, like yeah. uh, most people, they don't actually clean their toilet seat. You know. Oh no, you have to. Or or the the base of the toilet. You know that that part that collects oh, all those dust yeah. bunnies. Most people don't clean oh, that. Yeah. It's disgusting. It's uh, so gross. So that's good to hear. Now, now Rita, even though she was sentenced to life, she somehow was able to get housed in a medium security facility instead of a maximum security, despite the brutality of her crime. Interesting. Hmm. And then you have people who are in prisons for nonviolent crimes, Mm -hmm. like weed, who are put into (laughs) maximum Mm -hmm. security. Very, very unfair. So maybe she had a little, little hookup there. Maybe. Uh, I, she, you know, she did pull a whole sob story too. Oh yeah. She fainted in court. Yeah. She was like, I didn't do it. And even her family stood behind her. Like her sister Uh apparently was like, yeah, she, she didn't do it. We, we, we stand with her. Now some people say she had also planned to, uh, (laughs) to plant Coke on her, her husband's girlfriend to try to get her thrown in jail. And then extort him. Wow. She had a lot of... What a vendetta. Mm. A lot of plants. The whole... uh, The court romantics were were wild. But apparently, the husband had a lot of friends and family. And they were all there. And uh, everyone wrote letters. That was like, yeah, she's terrible. She's been torturing him for for years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And he was a really well-liked fella mm-hmm. and was doing a lot of great things for society and the world. That's why also why he was able to, to come into the States. Right. Um, Cause he was, he was really literally trying to cure cancer. Yeah. 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 That was making all these advancements. I just want to know what happened to their dog though. Who's taking care of that dog? Dog's pro- I, I mean, so. obviously the dog's dead by now, but I'm sure it had a good life. I'm just like I'm just curious to know, you know, when someone gets murdered and then the other owner is the murderer. Uh-huh. What happens to the pets? Takes, what happens? Do they to go the into pets? foster care? It's not their fault. <laughs> Maybe the son took the dog. I would hope so. Or, or the girlfriend. Maybe they shipped the dog to Israel. Wow, that would be the ultimate. Yakov's yeah, grieving, grieving mistress. That would be really f- uh, <laughs> funny. That would be crazy if she took the dog. Can you imagine Rita in jail finding out (laughs) Uh that her ex-husband's mistress is now taking care of her, like, Yorkshire terrier? Uh Uh-huh. Wow. Uh, That's funny. So, currently, Rita is still, I believe she's still alive. I couldn't find any information uh, that would infer that she is no longer still alive. So, uh, still imprisoned. What I find the most interesting is, like, all the old tabloids mm-hmm. and and how they labeled her. Like, there was one that was, like, butchered scientist's wife, a big spender. Like, everyone was just really focused on how much money she spent. Right. Which, like, for sure, for sure, for sure. Maybe she drove her husband mad with that. But it's just, like, why did the media have to focus on that? Uh-huh. It's just, like, just really... Fulfilling this narrative of like the gold digging wife, yeah. Because I mean, she she was also a very well respected uh, activist and scientist in her own right. 
Yeah, like 10 years prior or uh, maybe a little bit more, she she was this major activist that was really bringing um, something to light. And she was really helping people yeah. uh, leave the Soviet Union. She was pretty much a celebrity. Yeah, but also I guess she... She had that sort of personality. Yeah. She really she really wanted the attention. I feel like today she would be she would be an influencer. Mm. Like she would be an Instagram activist. Maybe. Maybe. Cause she would she could get shit done, but also get a lot of attention. And she would definitely be sponsored by like activewear company. <laughs> uh-huh. A Lululemon? Hey, don't don't poo poo on a Canadian company. Is Lululemon Canadian? It is. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think it is. They also uh, they also have a murder scandal. That, uh, oh, we'll cover that. Do they cover that eventually? The Lululemon murders. We haven't done. Wait, that Wait, did you say Lululemon murders? Well, murder. There's really just one. What? Yeah, the Lululemon murder, where a, a Lululemon oh employee. <gasps> Murdered her coworker at the store. Whoa, that's wild. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. The owner's from Vancouver, so. Oh, okay. Well, that was, that's the story of Rita the- Glusman slash Glusman, however you want to pronounce. I do believe it's Glusman, though. Glusman, yeah. I believe so, too. Yeah, that's the story. I mean, she, uh, yeah. Look, I know I sound very sympathetic to her. I'm just playing devil's advocate I mean, here. She, she would have a sympathetic story if she had not wielded one of the axes. I, I would be more inclined to, to believe that uh, she wasn't the, the mastermind of this gruesome murder. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Still really terrible. I just think... It's very interesting how men are portrayed in media versus the ladies. True. I mean, yeah. I mean, and then also that she got life and that Vlad Vladimir did not. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's interesting. It's all... Well, his, his political asylum might have also helped him. But she was also an activist as well and like uh-huh. did all these wonderful things. So mm-hmm. before, before all of this. So who knows? Who Who knows? But yeah, definitely, you know, and who knows what kind of intergenerational traumas she faced growing up in the Soviet Union as a Jewish woman. Yeah. Not condoning the axe wielding, but (laughs) who knows Uh what she what she'd gone through. The scorn, scorned lady, I guess. Arita scorned up to her title. Arita scorned. There's one headline that says, Rita cut hubby into 60 pieces. She didn't, though. The man did it. She, direct- also, she directed it. Some say 65 pieces. You know. Then it also says murdered with a hatchet and an axe. Are those different things? Oh, they are. Is a hatchet? A hatchet is, oh, a, they are. is a tiny. Hatchets are, are much it's smaller. a tiny one. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. You can cut down a tree mm. with an axe. You can't cut, cut down a tree with mm. a hatchet. Also, if he was chopped into 65 pieces, how do we know that she stabbed him in the chest? Maybe they, just maybe they found a word. Either that or maybe 
they were able to identify a, a, a stabbing wound in a chest piece. I don't, I don't know. Was it like a puzzle? Did they have to like piece them together and then do an autopsy? Oh. Uh, what do you think? Wow. So disgusting and terrible. <laughs> so bad. Poor, poor Yakov. Uh, yeah. It's, it's really horrid. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what makes this like the most interesting. It's just like, and I think anytime people, I mean, murder is murder and it's all terrible, but there's something particularly like insidious and terrifying about people who are able to commit murder via like a knife or a weapon in their hand because like you feel it. Yeah. It's much more personal. In your body. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. It's It's like primal. You know, yeah, it's like it killing an animal. Like, like if you're hunting an animal for food and you're not using a gun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Know? Like I get nauseous watching. I mean, farm animals, right? That's know, how they used people to cut up like a turkey. Yeah. At Thanksgiving. So I can't even imagine. Yeah, just it's wild. Wild. Rita. What do you have coming up that you might want people to know about? Well, it's the corn times. So is there much coming up? I don't know. Uh, if anyone likes the sound of my voice in casts uh, animation or video games, I don't know. Give me a call. Give my agent a call. Ooh. Just kidding. Um, people can check out a series that I shot in January before the world imploded <laughs> called Band Ladies. Um, I play one of the main characters' girlfriends. I'm in a few episodes. Band She's Ladies? Band Ladies. Oh, okay. Two very different things. Okay. Yes. So if people want to check it out, I shot a show called Band Ladies in a, in January before the world imploded. I play one of the main characters, girlfriends, and it's about some women on the brink of middle-aged who turned their book club into a punk rock band. And it's a very funny comedy on a streaming platform called Highball TV, which people can access all over. I've also... Now and again, been hosting little live reads of scripts with actor friends like you uh-huh. called Natflix and Chill uh, on the YouTubes. Might do more of those because we've been using that as a way to give back and raise money for various charities. And you were in an episode we recently did Friends. Yeah. And you played Chandler. It was fun. So fun. People can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nat Vanless, which is my first name and my last name mushed together, where I either go on very leftist political tirades or talk about farts. And there's really no in between. So <laughs> Nice. All right. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for joining me today. I had a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. This was disgusting and (laughs) delightful. That was episode 59 of Women Who Kill. Hey, if you want to send me an email, if you have suggestions of uh, someone you want to hear on the show or someone we should talk about on the show, or if we talked about you and you're mad, you can send me an email at wwkpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, otherwise, if you want to support the show with your dollars, you can always do that at patreon.com slash kaichoice. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash k-a-i-c-h-o-y-c-e. Get access to bonus content, the archives of the show, the most recent 20 episodes of the show you can always find everywhere podcasts are found, everything else. 
is in the archives. Thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time.